All right, record button set. Good to go. Hey, listen, you there? Yeah. I have four words that will make half our listeners turn off the podcast right away. Beautiful. That's what we like. Ready? Yeah. Let's talk about GDPR. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to make me turn off the podcast. You're just going to be out here by yourself. We're not going to talk about GDPR. Listen, we got back from Piers. Okay. We're back from Piers. I'm back from Piers. How was Vegas? Well, good. How was Piers? So you did two talks, right? Or one talk, two talks? Uh, Okay. So so it was weird. So so first of all, Piers was fantastic. As usual, I did one talk. One full, you know, st- uh, stage talk on building APIs, which is weird because uh, um, Charles, uh, Charles and Joe from Release Notes were there, and they're sort of like uh, a podcast for iOS developers and uh, Mac developers, right. and they do a conference, but not this year. The conference was not on this year, so usually the conference, I guess, overlaps or something. So their audience wound up going to peers. Ah. So I wound up giving a talk on iOS developers building APIs. Beautiful. To a room full of iOS developers who do this for a living. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a lucky, lucky stroke because there. He he did a talk at the same time slot in the other room on email marketing. So all the business people and everybody who's actually invested in their companies went to get the useful talk in. Oh, and, <laughs> and everybody who's an iOS developer couldn't care less because a lot of them actually worked for companies that run their own right. things, right? stayed in the room with me so it's like it's uh, a room full of ios developers and matt weinberg <laughs> who's like a diehard supporter of my, see my talks and uh yeah Piers was awesome listen i'm uh i'm never gonna go to a conference with you ever again <laughs> is that do i hold you back because i'm a wallflower when i'm with you and without you it's fantastic i met so <laughs> many people i got drunk with so many people it was Charles like, and you're blaming me. Why is this my fault? I, I try, I'm always like telling you, Butov, go talk to people. Butov, you, you know, you know everybody in that circle of people. You should go talk to them. You're oh, so no, you're you're so charismatic. You just steal the thunder <laughs> out of the room. You just everybody just gravitate towards you. So Charles and Joe from Release Notes, right? Shane, he's a, he's a, a local uh, Texan. Who, he's a native mm-hmm. there, so he got us into a whole bunch of good uh, barbecue joints there. Uh, Natalie and Chris from Wildbit, who I'm like, I've been following forever because Wildbit is like the company that I look up to, like present company included. Uh, the, the, the pinnacle. No, no, they're Wildbit. Wildbit, Wildbit is amazing. And like just to be able to sit and, you know, like hang out the whole day with uh, their presence. Natalie and Chris, who are like totally down to earth and amazing. Uh, Matt Weinberg, of course, Vector, Jess, Jamie, Brad Bell. Can't have a, you know, a good time without Brad Bell. Yeah, he's the best. You know, Sam Hernandez, who else did I meet? Jason Varga from Statomic. Like I'm, fi- I'm filling out my Statomic relationships there. Like Jack <laughs> McDade, uh, Ryan Ireland from Majingo. Is it Majingo? Majingo? Majingo, right? Uh, who knows how you say? It. I think it's Majingo. Yeah, a whole bunch of people. Ryan, uh, uh, Joe Rinaldi, Nevin from Arcistech. I met everybody. 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 Look at you. Well, you know, here's the other. Th- I will tell you a secret. The the you will always have the best time at a conference. Always, 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 a thousand percent. If you are a speaker. <laughs> if you're a speaker, then like everybody knows who you are, your, your pictures on the site and your names all over everything. And like everybody wants to talk to you if you're a speaker. So if you want to have like a good networking thing at a conference, like being a speaker, even if you're just like on a panel, anything, it doesn't even matter. Right, like you don't right. have to be like the, the keynote speaker, any speaker that's just the best because everybody just comes to you and then you're busy the whole time and 
you're networking the whole time. If you're just in the attendance, it's all you got to work to to make those connections. Right. Lot work. Whereas it's, if you're a speaker, everybody just comes to you. So it might be true. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 a lot of the people I sort of had. You, you know, know, some of them already. I went out to dinner with in the evening. Wound up being speakers also there. Yeah, but yeah, it was fantastic. I loved it. But also a bunch of people I didn't mention who like I'm I'm not known before and. You're right. They sort of approached me because of the, the stuff that I was doing with uh, with Joe Rinaldi's uh, workshop stuff and everything. Because that was like the whole thing where they broke up into groups about support, business support, basically. Um, uh, uh, what is the word? I'm losing words here. Therapy Workshop for business. Ther- ther- therapy yeah. for business owners right. is what the <laughs> workshop did. But yeah, that was fun. Anyway, when, that's the other thing when you're a speaker is like you do the speaker dinner, so you meet all the other speakers right. in like a more intimate setting. It's not just like you and 700 people at the like, you know, meet and greet thing. So, yeah, it's it's better all the way around. All, you can all, also the reason I'm never going to a conference with you again, Jamie, Jamie is the preferred lensman now. I've heard that's the word on the street. She's a, she's, she's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm so sick of going to conferences that like – I'm I'm happy to uh, pass the baton. <laughs> no, I had a great time. It was fantastic. How was Vegas? Good. It was uh, 99% vacation. Yeah. Uh, did, went, did you uh, even did you even catch a whiff of microphone? <laughs> did you even like pass by in the same building they were in? Well, all right, here here's how it. The first day, so I did all the night stuff, I think. Well, not really, sort of. Like I was with people at night who were at MicroConf, but they were, I wasn't necessarily at the MicroConf events. I was at the first night event, I think. Um, and well, actually, I didn't make it inside the event, but I was like there, you know. And then uh, the second, the first real day, I tried to go. I got there in like the afternoon, but then I ran into people. I think it was like Amy Hoy and some other people there, and. I didn't like actually make it into the sessions, you know, and then, then I ended up leaving. And then the, the second final day of the conference itself, I did make it to one and a half sessions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that I have a new plan for the microconf, which is since I'm really at this point, like I, like I just said, I'm pretty sick of conferences in general. Uh, so I think my new plan, but I do like having the people there to like, because I went out to dinner with people and I did some gambling and had fun with you know people who were at microconf. Right. Uh, so I think my plan for next year is I'm not even gonna buy a ticket. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like go to the, like be outside the thing either. Like I'm just saying I'm not, not gonna go to the conference, but I will be in town. Right. So that I can do stuff with everybody who's there. Um, but it's like it's, if it wasn't so expensive, I wouldn't do that. But it's like a thousand bucks. So yeah, for yeah, a yeah. thousand bucks and to go to one and a half sessions, yeah. and I'm never going to go to more than that. Like that's it. I'm just past the point where I can sit through like a whole day of business sessions and like absorb them and find them to be useful. Like it's not microcom's fault. It's all it's my fault. It's not it's not them. It's me. But uh. No, so, you're right. Joe, actually, Joe and Joe and Charles were talking about this thing that uh, some other group of tech stack developers uh, were doing. Uh, I don't know if it's in the iOS sector or not, but somewhere in Iceland or Greenland or, or Sweden or somewhere up there, they were having uh, an on-conference type of a thing where it's basically, look, everybody just be in the same city at the same time. That's right. as far as I the like organization that. goes. You could hang out. 
You could, there's nothing organized whatsoever. The only organized thing is this website that says we're all going to be in this city on this week. Wow. That's, that's super unconf. I like that. And that's it. And then everybody sort of does that thing that everybody does after the conference sessions. Right. But not have to do a conference around it. Right. Yeah, and then you could go do other stuff during the day if you don't want to be around these people. Right, and you wouldn't go to like a foreign country by yourself necessarily unless you like doing touristy things by yourself. So all all your online friends are there, so you could all do the touristy stuff and you could all do the meetup stuff, but you don't have to have a a formal conference around it and all those costs. I think that is like in the air because I definitely was – we. I think it was Amy Hoygan and I were talking about this pretty much exact thing, not even to that extreme. That's even more extreme. And I like that. Um, but even just having like a conference that's just all networking, you know, it's just like, yeah, like maybe there's some, a trip during the day and then it's just like everybody's sitting around just shooting the bull. Like maybe there's like a couple break offs that people just do on the fly or whatever, but it's not, right. yeah, it's not, there's no speakers, there's no sessions. There's only, we're all hanging out and kind of, getting that useful information through the conversations uh, rather than like kind of the uh, front of the room sort yeah. of thing. So I think that's in the air. I, I like oh. that. I, I like that idea. The The plane ride was okay. It's the first time I was on a plane ride since 88, 87 yeah. or something. And then you were a little kid. So how was that? You, you, so, you got bored, you got through security, all that stuff? Too much because you know the internet tells me you got to be there four hours in advance, and my flight. Oh no! My flight was my flight was at eight, so I'm like, I got to be there at five. That means I got to <laughs> leave the house at four. That means I got to wake up at three, and the night before, the baby was awake until like two fifteen in the morning. <laughs> so I got forty five minutes of sleep, and I'm out the door, and I get there, and the TSA was like, "All right, three minutes later, I'm done with TSA, and I have to sit there for three hours." basically stare at the planes right until my plane but it was i mean it was a i don't know if i can do a trip uh that's longer than whatever it was the three hours because it's like it's a glorified bus it's hard to sit there yeah i don't know if the international flights are like by default more comfortable or whatever but like i got jet blue not the super stretchy leg thing but just regular ass jet blue and it was fine but it's like i don't know you get you get you get fidgety at the end of Lord of the Rings. That's about that's about the amount of time I could sit about the, the length of Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah, I mean the big international ones like the plane is bigger, so it does feel like in the little regular ones. The problem is like you don't really feel comfortable getting up and walking around because like you're kind of in the way of everybody. You only right. have the one aisle, and it's a tight little aisle and whatever. So the bigger planes are a little bit better. That way. It's like a much bigger plane like lengthwise, and usually it's got double aisles. So it's a little bit more comfortable to just like get up and take a walk back to the back of the plane and back or whatever, like halfway through. But I don't know. You kind of just get used to it too. Like now I don't even really do any of that. I just like – I mean I'm not on super long flights, but – even just like California or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or like Vegas this time. Like I just stayed in my seat. I, I might went to the bathroom once or something, but otherwise I just stayed in my seat and watched movies and did nothing. And and the planes are so good. Now. On the one side, the planes are incredibly full now. Like when I started flying on my own, like mid nineties or whatever it was, late nineties, like 
I, I don't think I ever took a flight that was more than half full. Like huh. they would just run the planes, like whatever, whoever we got, like, <laughs> right. we're, we're taking off and yeah, it's half full. So like, I would always have like three seats to myself right. and now like they're super efficient about it all. So like, you're always full. You're almost always packed in there. Um, very rare. Do you even have like one seat next to you? That's empty or anything like that. So, so in that regard, it's worse cause you're like super packed in there. But I feel like the flights themselves are much better. Like they've gotten really good with the technology about like avoiding weather. Uh-huh. I don't know, maybe I've just gotten lucky. But overall, I feel like in the last like five or ten years, like they're not as bumpy. The, they are like the, even just like the techniques for landing the plane and stuff. Like it's, it's just a much more comfortable experience. Um, I think so. I don't know, maybe it's because the computer's flying now. You know. But, well, yeah. There's a, there's a few things that like. I mean, I can't compare it to anything. I don't remember what we did in the eighties, but right. like, like forty-five minutes on the runway seems like too long. Yeah, that's then. no good. Did you have that this time? Yeah, 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 yeah. That sucks. Being stuck on the runway sucks. That's the worst. Because um, then you really feel trapped. At least when you're in the yeah. air, you're like, listen, I'm experiencing a modern marvel. I'm gonna <laughs> like get out. The, uh, it's like freezing here. When I open the door and get out, it's gonna be eighty-five in Texas. Yeah, it was great. It's amazing. Like. Yeah, so that's awesome. But yeah, being stuck on the runway is the worst. Or sometimes you, like, I, they get too low on gas on the runway or something like that. And there's also rules now for how long they can even stay out there. So then they'll come back and open the door <laughs> and be on the on the jetway. And you're like, and they're like, anybody can get out and take a walk. And you're like, nobody wants to get out and walk. We just want to like turn around and get back in the right, air. So right. There is sometimes that crap. But. Yeah. So Peter's was fun. And I came but back. And uh, I came back into like a, a full schedule as I landed. And then the following day, we had a wedding to go to. Ah, nice. So uh, we did that. And like my son is like picking up random girls and dancing with them. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the boot top charm. Uh, He's got it. I got videos of that. I got to blackmail him later. So and we had uh, my, my, my daughter turned one. And oh, we had that cake for her, the, what are they called? The smash cake. That was fun. Yeah. 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 And then we had the birthday party for Ethan because Ethan turned six, five days later. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that was a fucking nightmare. Jesus. We went to the, the bouncy place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bouncy place. That's a disaster, man. So, so, the, so here's my birthday party because I went through like a gauntlet of birthday parties because like everybody, Everybody has the birthdays on the same month or something in his class. So we well, like, also try to fill all the summer birthdays. Do the parties at the end of the year because the kids, right. you know, they don't want to do them over the summer. And then you got to you got to elbow parents for spacing because like you can't book the party on the same day that somebody else booked the party because you won't get the <laughs> classmates over. So you got to like figure this thing out. So so this kid this kid from his uh, from his class had a birthday party and they sent out invitations like two months in advance. Right. <laughs> on the same day that Ethan was supposed to have it. So we're like, well, we can't do this now. So we're going to do like a day later or something. So so he had this kid's birthday party on Saturday and his birthday party is on Sunday. So on Saturday, this kid's birthday party was at a bowling alley. And and both Ethan's birthday party and this bowling alley birthday party are like upsell geniuses. Right. <laughs> you show up to this bowling alley, right? And the whole day is specifically for birthday parties. So there's no like old fat man bowling it's just right. all lanes, all birthday parties for all six-year-olds, <laughs> and it's like a, it's they don't do anything other than here's here's a thing bowl right right. Yeah. But with bowling, you got six kids in a lane. It's twenty minutes before your turn is next, right? You go, you bowl right. two seconds, you're done. No kid is gonna sit for twenty minutes and wait for 
his next turn to come up. So, of course, you got arcade machines yeah. out back. More and more and more arcade machines now than the bowling thing because that's where they make their money. They have those uh, machines that you put money into. They give you cards. They put credits on them. It's like $20 for 20 credits, $30 for 40 credits, $40 for 50. You know, it's the scales yeah. up. And then each game or whatever it is, swipe the card, like five credits or something like that. And then uh, like a card itself is like a dollar extra unless you already have a card from the last time you were there because who's going to keep the card last time? <laughs> um, and then right before you check out, there's a screen that asks you, would you like to add 10 more credits for just $3? It's just $3. With, of course, I want to add 10 more credits for just $3. <laughs> you just sold me like 30 credits, for 40, 40 credits for $30. Of course, I'll take the extra credits for $3. So you have this money grab that's like built in because like no kid is going to wait for his next turn. And then if you're lucky, somebody will come along and say, oh, your turn is next. He'll you know run away from the foosball table and he'll throw it for three seconds and go back to the arcades. It's amazing. Yeah. And then like the day, the next day we had a bouncy castle place, which like I specifically wanted a place that wasn't like a cash grab for the parents. Cause I've been through like a bunch of these places and they're like cash, like the bowling alley is a cash grab for parents. Like, you yeah. might have like a Chuck E. Cheese, and that's also a cash grab because they have those ticket machines. And it's thing. all every kid thing's a cash grab, just to be clear. Right, <laughs> but the bouncy castle place is all the cash grab is on me, right, and nothing on the parents because the parents yeah. don't have anything to spend there. But but this place is like, I mean, they got their marketing people and the funnels tight because like you show up, everything is additional. First of all, it's like six hundred dollars because it's a Saturday. It's like sixteen kids are over. It's six hundred dollars minimum. That's the floor. Right. That's that's where we start the negotiations, <laughs> right? You think it's six hundred dollars? No, that's their basic no. fee right there, just to get. Not your if ass. you want to serve pizza and that, cut a cake. That's your you're entering the door. That's your ante up six hundred dollars. Sure. All right. No outside food. Food is extra. Fifty dollars extra food if you got to bring in special diet stuff. Fifty dollars for extra food. Balloon drop is extra. Everything is extra. It's like the coffee for the parents. Kids, kids are not going to drink coffee. You want coffee? Extra because it's for the parents. It's like did a hotel balloon, conference. Did you, did you do a balloon drop? They didn't. They forgot about the balloon drop, so they credited me. But oh, I yes. wanted the balloon drops, like $40 okay. extra. It's like the hotel conference with the overpriced coffee, right? You yeah, get there. Yeah, it's like a $5 muffin. Yeah. You get there. They upsell you on all the other stuff right at the moment when you're too busy to make an informed decision. <laughs> Plus, they already That's have you. They already have your card on file. So, like, do you want your piñata? It's on special right now for just thirty dollars instead of fifty dollars. Why is it on special? There's no scarcity on piñatas. They're hanging right there. When you're pointing me to the piñatas, they've been always hanging there. They'll be hanging there till the end of time. So you can continue right. asking that question to every parent that comes in here. Of course, I want the piñata. Look at how happy my kid looks when he just heard you say, "Do you want the piñata?" How could I not get the piñata <laughs> right. now? So, like, upsell geniuses. Uh, anyway, I wound up busting through a grand by the time we got out of there. Obviously. Not bad. You got off for like <laughs> You're doing all right. Nightmare. But but it, it, you know, it, at least it's, it's bad. For the parents, at least, they're all just bored. They just sit there with the phones. They're yeah. bored out of their minds, but at least they don't have to yeah. shell out money. At least their third birthday party this weekend. <laughs> right. That's the thing. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, the birthday parties are so tricky for the kids, too, because it's like – We've done uh, – you're just entering this world now a little bit as he, you know, because right. he's six now and all this. But like we've been doing this for years and it's like no matter what you do, you're going to spend $1,000. Like you could do <laughs> right. it – you do it yourself at your house. You're like, right, I'll do it myself at my house, right? And But by the time you like – because then you don't do just like what they do. Oh, they just have a couple pizzas and a cake, right? And that's right. it. Yeah. So, okay, you could do that at your house for – 
150 bucks or 200 bucks. But you're not going to do that. So now you're going to have drinks. Well, now I got, I got alcoholic drinks and I got regular drinks and I got the big sub thing, but maybe I get like some other trays of this and that. And do I buy all that stuff or are we making it at this point? We're just buying it because like making huge trays of food ends up being like, we don't have the time to like do that. So, okay. So we buy that stuff. And then it's your whole day and cleanup and the whole thing and buying decorations. So you're still going to spend at least 600, like minimum. Yeah. And then your house is torn to bits. And it's also like a seven hour thing. because <laughs> like right. nobody leaves. And, you know, so the bouncy place is nice because it's like, all right, an hour bouncing, half hour cake. Everybody get the hell out. <laughs> right. Because you got another party right behind you. No, got literally party, waiting. Like, nobody hung out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's allowed to hang out. Like you're you're gone. Whereas when it's at your house, everybody's like, oh, they're hanging out. You're friendly with some of the parents, especially as the kids get older and you kind of know the parents better. So you're like friendly with them, whatever. So that's like a whole that's like a whole day and a huge thing. So that's and it's still almost as expensive. And then you do it at the place, it's even more expensive and just dealing with the place and all that stuff. So like it's just kind of it's all terrible, really. Is <laughs> both options are bad. Uh, but <laughs> the kids like it at that age. The kids do like it. It's a big deal. They like you know they prep for this stuff months ahead of time. It's like it's a, the invitation. You, even the invitations were expensive. Shutterfly yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. Are you uh are you sick of presents yet? Presents. Yeah, like kid presents. Like we don't let people bring kid presents anymore because. Well, we've been sick of those since the grandparents were bringing stuff. The whole house is full of like. Exactly. Put any of this stuff. It's stacked. The kids' room is it's stacked vertically. There's no chance they will ever (laughs) even see it, let alone play with it. It's like ninety percent garbage. You know, it's like plastic. (laughs) It's all plastic, yellow, colorful, half broken. Like it's all terrible. They never played with like. 95% 95% of it they've never played with. I look forward. I'm like every, you know, like the, the kids are happy because they have a birthday party and, uh, and my, my wife is happy because the uh, the baby turned one. I'm happy because they phase out of the stuff that I could you know, throw away that oh, I don't have to keep in the house. Like the walkers, the little baby That's, things that I could just chuck away. Worst. <laughs> they take up so much space that I could free up a little bit of the house. I don't have to like walk sideways through the house in order to get through the, the See, floor. if you get to the third kid... The upside is <laughs> the upside is you realize that you don't need like 80% of that stuff. So like you won't have as much – like nobody buys it for you because they're like whatever. You're on your third kid. You're on your own, right? And then you know you don't need most of it. So the third kid actually is a lot less of that crap, which is actually pretty nice because you're just like whatever. Kid, crawl. Like that's it. Like I'm putting you on the ground on this blanket. That's what we got for you. Like there's no like intricate thousand-piece – uh, chewy toy thing. There's They're happier. They're happier with that. You put you put her on That's... a blanket with one toy, and she's there for an hour. You put her with like a thousand <laughs> toys surrounded, and she's off opening up drawers. For that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or something she's in that she wants to get out of. That she wants to get in it. That she wants to get out. That she wants right. to get no. Here it is. You're on the floor. Figure out how to crawl. Then you can get around, and, and it's so much better. So, in that way. The third is pretty nice, and people yeah. don't buy you anything, like I said, that which is also nice because they're like whatever. Well, it's kind of hard because it's it's a girl after a boy, so now they feel like they gotta buy stuff. they gotta buy pink stuff versions of whatever they bought for the boy. So now we have like duplicate things that are like slightly different because the design is different because it's six years later, but it's the same thing. It's just pink. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the second, so people still buy you stuff on the second, third, especially since you have one and one. Nobody's gonna buy you anything on the third, which is good. You don't want anything. You're gonna need a bigger house for all the shit. You don't uh, want you want, you want a bigger house. Too much stuff. Too much stuff in here. I want an, I want the Steve Jobs. I have a lamp and a 
computer <laughs> and direction. I'm sitting on the floor and that's it. You're going the wrong direction there, buddy. <laughs> Maybe you'll get there eventually. Uh, it's all the junk. Okay, we're going to take a short break here to talk about our sponsor for the spring season of Bootstrapped. I'm super happy uh, to announce that it's again Linode, um, who's been a huge supporter of the podcast. So thanks so much, Linode. Um, I have 14 servers on Linode. Andre has a bunch of servers there. Uh, anytime we need a server for a new project, a website, everything just gets its own server now on Linode. Um, and, and that's what we do. Plans start at just five bucks a month for a gig of RAM, which for Almost everything we do is enough right there, and obviously go up to much larger sizes if you need it. Uh, they now have high memory plans, starting at 16 gigs of RAM, 10 data centers all over the world, um, seven-day money-back guarantee, which is amazing. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that elsewhere. Um, you know, boots up in under a minute. Uh, they have hourly billing on all their plans and services, 24-7, 365 support, phone supports available. Um, you know, obviously, all the sort of modern VM uh, control and things you'd want to do, Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, they have everything now. Uh, it's all native SSD storage, super fast 40 gig uh, network, all modern Intel processors, just really can't be beat. Um, and now they even have block storage uh, currently in Fremont and I think in Newark. Um, and they're going to be expanding that out uh, to all their data centers by the end of uh, spring. So one-stop shopping, everything you need at Linode for tiny side project all the way up to your full production needs. Um, just, just an amazing service. I've been with them personally for, I don't even know, six, seven years. Um so really highly recommend it. Uh, they did want me to mention that they also just came out with a new control panel. It's all, you know, cutting edge, uh, Ajaxy, React, all that good stuff, um, modernized design and everything. So you should definitely check that out at cloud.linode.com if you're already a customer. And uh, Linode's come up with a great discount for all our Bootstrapped FM listeners, $20 credit. Um, which is four free months, a third of a year at the $5 tier. So to get that credit, it's super easy. Just go to linode.com slash bootstrapped FM, all one word. Again, that's linode.com slash bootstrapped FM, all one word. And that will take you right to uh, the page on Linode where you can sign up and get that $20 credit. Um, so you have nothing to lose. You get $20 credit. You get money back guarantee. Um yeah, throw a side project up on there, move a, a production server over to there, try it out. Um, like I said, I have a ton of servers on Linode, highly recommend them. They're giving you $20 to try it out for a third of a year. Give it a shot and uh, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your feedback on on our sponsors, um, but we really love them here at Bootstrapped. And uh, thanks again to Linode. All right. What else is going on? We well, each have an initiative. We each have an initiative we've worked on in the in the uh, gap. So I, I have, I ha I have a new product, but let's go with your things first. Well, do you want to do you want to close on yours? Yours sure. is bigger. Mine, mine is, I guess. Mine is more of a sort of dysfunctional situation. I'd say more than actual. All right, let's do dysfunctional. We dysfunctional, even though we've been talking mostly about weird dysfunctional stuff. But all right, dot app domain top. Oh, brother. Dot okay. app. Here's why I love the dot did, app. Did you sell? Did you sell the thing that you got to offer on yet? Uh, so uh, you're jumping ahead here. Yeah, 
I know I know what's going on. I don't care what the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start out. Let's lay, let's put the lay of the land out there. All right, go ahead. If anybody's not aware, which you should be aware, but if you're not, there's a new top level domain called dot app, right? And it's run by Google. It requires SSL, which is an interesting little twist. But otherwise, it's open for general use. Other than that, you have to run your site on SSL. I'm very bullish on this domain extension. Where I'm not bullish on .golf or .lawyer, like those are stupid and you should never use those. But .app is fantastic. What do you think about .app? Why is it fantastic? Okay. It's fantastic because the internet needs more real estate. Like the dot com, I mean, you see these companies, companies are just like have stupid names now, right? It's like, you can't even say them because it's just like a stupid random series of characters because sure. there's no dot coms, but it wants dot com. We need more space out there. But, and so they're trying to make more space with all these TLDs, but they're all terrible because nobody, who wants to like have to remember that you're like dot golf or dot lawyer. It's stupid. Right. And it's hard. To, so it's hard to remember it doesn't fit in with your mental context of what a domain extension is. Like it's way outside of .com, .net, .org, .edu, right? It's like, it's long. And it also becomes like part of the word. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have userscape.golf, like golf is part of the name. Do you right, know what I mean? Like right. it's going to be userscape golf. Like right. that is part of the name. So we needed a short, uh, optimally three letter, which .app is extension that was generic but also universally understood right and everybody knows what app is and there's not a person on the earth who doesn't know in some way what an app is right okay so i like that and so it could be generic just like even though com is not generic but it has become generic through it's the way people utilize it right right because certainly everything is not commercial that's on a dot com domain so i think you got the same thing for dot app which is that I think it'll primarily, especially at first, be your mobile apps and your SaaS apps, which is mm -hmm. fine. And then it can broaden out from there. But even if it's just that, that's huge. And it's something people will remember. It's something you can use in your marketing that doesn't sound ridiculous. It doesn't become part of your name in the way that these other ones do. Uh -huh. uh, so I just think it's a huge, awesome opportunity for people to improve their domains for new, especially new people starting up something new, obviously, to get a like higher quality name that's better uh, branding wise and or for if you're a bigger organization, advertising wise. Um, no, and I think obviously like domains are not as important as they were in, as in like 2002, right? Like 2002, there was only the domain. There was no search engine, essentially. So the domain was like unbelievably important. But we're not, we're not, we're down, we're a notch down from that, right? Like you're going to, we're going to search for it, whatever. But you still need a good domain. You can't point to too many successful businesses with horrific domains. Domain's still important. Oh, Dribble. I don't think Dribble's a horrific domain. It's terrible. I, I'm, I'm, I spent <laughs> decades in tech and it took me six tries to get to the right Dribble when I first went. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, they could have Dribble.app spelled the proper way. That's what I'm talking about. How is this uh, played devil's advocate? Uh, how how is uh, why didn't dot biz take off? Yeah, dot biz, but dot biz is worse than dot app, don't you think? Dot biz is, but it's just, it's 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 generic. It, sure. it doesn't it doesn't bind your I mean, name to it. A lot of them are like that. Uh, you could say like dot co, right? Um, like there's a number of them that are 
you have, you know, you have a lot, like, it's like everybody uses now, if you're not using .com in like tech, you have a lot of companies use .io, right? Right. .io, you know, it's just some little island in the middle of nowhere. Like that's who runs the top level domain. It's kind of a weird situation. Like, do I want to be like in that situation with some little islands in charge of my website? I don't know. Right. It's kind of weird. Um, but since it's like got IO and geeks think IO and they know what that means, even though it doesn't mean what they think it means, uh, <laughs> like whatever, it just takes off. Right. So and not that IO is like huge, but it's bigger than like dot biz. Um, I think the Google backing is pretty huge, right? Like Google is behind this. Google is pushing it. Um, so I think that will give it an edge. And I think the, like, so now we're, we're kind of past just the theoretical at this point. Um, and that they're already, let me see if I can pull this up, but in the first, you know, week they already registered like over 200,000 domains, right. which was way, way faster, uh, than, you know, all these other, yeah, top is or all the random ones. Like it's already like in the top tier of, you, you know, registered, uh, domains, you know, after a week or whatever, um, bursts a lot of these, like the really weird ones and stuff like that. So, uh, so I think there is demand out there, and I just think the app's better. I think there's like so many more applications for it, just even in terms of the app space and forget about it having generic use. Um, right. right. It's just more applicable. I, more applicable. I, I, okay, I agree with you. We need breathing room. I agree with you uh, that app feels better than any of the preceding ones of those. It even feels better than .NET. Uh, I probably don't agree with you on the fact that if Google is pushing something that it makes it more I mean Google Google is the most fickle company ever when it comes to like you know just dropping its babies you know whenever it feels like it um, true it, but it sometimes have it, to do anything here you know what I mean it's not like they're just putting it out there initially and then uh, there's not they're not really doing anything. Do you know what I mean? Like it kind of runs itself. They have a little registration operation, but it's not required. It's not like a product that requires their upkeep. In right. The same but having Google, having Google behind it is not going to lead it to be like. It's not going to give it the this, this socially acceptable thing that 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 com has. You know, just because Google is behind, because nobody's going to care. I yeah, mean, I, I don't think it's going to. Developers uh, care. The dot com level, I think it does add an initial. Uh, for, de- know, for developers, do. right? Same reason that yeah, I for, well, yeah. But that's but develop, developers are always the leaders in these kind of things, right? Like developers always lead the way, right. and then it's uh, you know it filters out into the mainstream, or it doesn't. So that'll be the thing. Like I think developers are for the most part on board. Um, it's more about does it does it uh, then do, are they enough to push it the rest of the way? Right. But like I, I found the stats. So like dot app. So it's been out a week or two weeks now. Uh-huh. 226,000 uh, registered domains. It's like dot .tech, which has been out for years, has 196,000. Dot .website, which has been out for years, has 195,000. All squatters. Dot, 99% squatters. Dot .blog. Yeah, because these are terrible. Dot .cloud. Um, no, no. That, app, that app does 200 whatever some odd. Yeah. All squatters. Well, but you could say that of all these, right? Like, I mean, True, who, but... I mean, there's a reason there's so many of them in, in the week's <laughs> but, I, but I think that's because people see the opportunity, like myself, who is one of these, what you derogatorily term <laughs> Um Because people see the opportunity in it, whereas in, in dot, you know, whatever. That's, that's, yeah, that's fair. Store, a lot of people built companies on uh, selling domains. That's right. Oh, man, let me tell you, it's a whole crazy 
It's very interesting. Uh, I'm not judging. Bitcoin. I heard you got offers, so I'm not judging. You can you can judge. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. If anybody <laughs> said if, if somebody said like you go back to dot com and buy some domains in 1992, everybody would do that. So it doesn't bother me. Um, I do think there's a I would make a distinction between a pure squatter, which is somebody who's like I put up porn on your you know like I buy your company name yes. and I put porn up on it on the alternate URL like that's right. like a, yeah. that's like a ransoming you sort of situation um, versus uh, kind of buying generic terms and uh, owning those, which is more along the lines of what I've been doing. I'm not buying like you know whatever Disney and uh, attempting to ransom them for their trademark. So. Uh, <laughs> What was but, that? What was that Donald Trump thing you bought? Oh, oh extreme betting. <laughs> extreme betting. <Yeah. laughs> I own extremebetting.com. Dot <laughs> com was available in extreme betting. Forwarded to the uh, ACLU there. Uh, and yeah, well, yeah. At one point when I was acquiring a few of these dot apps, Trump dot app was available. I did. Oh, I wow. did. I did consider buying it, but you get I in, you get involved with the wrong people, my friend. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a world of headache from it. So I, I ain't got that kind of time. Um, but the whole domain—it's like the domain uh, kind of ecosystem is sort of interesting in that it's a—it's like so everything. It's just like how DNS works, right? <laughs> like it's all just like glued together, semi shoddily. There's definitely <laughs> a lot of like sleazy players down in there. Um, but I think, and I do think you're right that there's a good chunk of like kind of old school squatters who are just like people who buy random shit. Right. Um, but they're, but that's like, you could see how like the people who are in domains and that's their business don't really get the dot app. So I think there's an interesting thing there because they're buying stuff that's just like SEO keywords, like Uh top European countries to visit dot app right like, you know what I mean? which is like a ridiculous like use of the thing um but if you but in terms of more thing app oriented names i think are make a ton of sense so um yeah we so i have got a few offers on a few of mine uh the biggest one being like ten thousand dollars for dispatch.app uh-huh. which i turned down for now but <laughs> okay. um we'll see so it's like an interesting little sort of side Side experiment, I would say. Or that one thousand percent return on that. <laughs> <This fact. laughs> uh, that, one, that one was kind of expensive because uh, so there's a whole thing. There was a lot of confusion because a lot of developers thought that they could just pre-register and it would be kind of random. Like if two, if whatever, you could for the basically the base registration plus a small premium uh, register. What, let's say dispatch.app, right? Uh-huh. Um, and like a bunch of people could do that because there was a you know a period of time leading up to general availability. And so whatever, whichever registrar put the order in first, uh, one of you would get it and that would be it. But for additional premium, you could buy them right away and just own them outright before that launch day. But people uh-huh. didn't really realize that and or they didn't want to pay the premium. So uh, on some of these things like dispatch, since I thought it was like such an obvious like app term that could have a million uh, uses. Um, like I paid a premium to get that, but it would still be a nice return. Yeah, it would be like over 10 X for sure. So it wouldn't be bad. I probably should have taken it, but it was also like the second day. And I was like, you know, if somebody want to have, just going to pay me $10,000 on day two. Then that seems like maybe I'll hold it. So we'll see. Um, 
I don't know where it's going to go. I am. I'm going to have me and uh, I kind of been working on this with another person who is also kind of interested in it, who uh, wishes to remain anonymous. So I will make leave them anonymous. But uh, me and this person, mostly this uh, this other person has put together a website with our two uh, uh, domain holdings. Uh-huh. So I'll be uh, be posting that up at some point here. That's cool. Check that. I'll check that out. All right. So what's been going on with you? I didn't buy. I didn't buy Scribbleton that app because, like I, I told you, I, I sat there with it in my. Uh, now people are gonna go buy Scribbleton that app. Now I'll have to buy Scribbleton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because I sat there with a the thing in my cart, and I'm like, I have to have a better reason than Ian Lensman told me so <laughs> to buy this thing. I have well, to. I, I can't make purchasing decisions just based on that. Based on emotion. Based, uh, yeah. I do think if you had the .com of your name, right, like. I mean, I bought the app for HelpSpot and Thermostat, of course, just because, I mean, I'm going to own the alternate there, but I don't think it's crazy to not own the alternate. I mean, the .com is always going to be number one. Like, you'll never, nothing's going to be better than .com. So, um, you know, .app to me is more like, could it be the number two domain for apps and SaaSes? Possibly. And then for other stuff, it's not going to be like, um, there's going to be other types of organizations that... You know, org makes more is still better, or maybe even some of the specialty ones are still better in certain cases or whatever. But to me, the the main premise is: can it be the second best URL extension for an app or a piece of software? Like .com, I think it's always gonna be number one. Uh, but you know, um, but can can it be a, a number two? So, mm-hmm. so you don't have Scribbleton. I might have to buy it. I'm gonna tuck it away for you. You're gonna think somebody else bought it. You're gonna be very sad. I'll then, buy it. Yeah, I'll have to buy it. Now I'll it's in a you as a present. Thousands of people are gonna get this podcast. I have to buy I, it now. Yeah, but these are all your buddies. Nobody on the podcast is gonna be wrong. <laughs> There's somebody. Which is not, actually, I'd say it's not true. Like <laughs> people, like when uh, I had like Lara Talent that we launched there right. a while back, like. I had talked about it a little bit, I think, and I had the dot com for it already, but I didn't like reserve the Twitter handle, but I knew it was available. And then like a day later, I went to the Twitter handle and it was gone. And I was like, (laughs) somebody out there horked up this Twitter handle. But anyway. Give uh, it back. You've been busy. You've been busy. You've been in deep thought. You were you you were like you're rested, you're recuperated, you had the kind of like you know, you took a little bit easy here. You weren't like going like, you know, a hundred percent here. You're kind of like taking care of yourself, getting in shape, mentally recuperating, having a baby. And now it's like, now it's like Butov unleashed. <laughs> Please don't it's make this the title. Of an, stuff. <laughs> an animal. He's, he's gone animal style on it. It's unbelievable. Uh, he's, he's doing, cause you do some work for us. You're like all over the work for us. You're doing other consulting work. You're building products. You're just, you're just beast mode on it. So I want to hear about how you got back into beast mode before I even hear about the new thing you're working on. I, I want to hear about no, beast mode. I'm just, uh, the timing is just working out. So I, I got back with, uh, on a big project with DNL, wrapping up with uh, you guys, you escape, um, and uh, sort of waiting on feedback that, that that's already been released from a couple of other things that are under NDAs that I can't talk about. Uh, but I'm not working on them. They're just, they're released, so I'm waiting back on confirmation for if they like it or not. You know, final thing. So it's basically full-time DNL and wrapping up with you guys on the client side. So I did have time to build a new product. So that's my thing. Beast mode. Beast mode. Beast mode. You, you came back from peers and you were beast mode. Were you inspired by peers? 
Were you? I got a little break. I got a little break from you know vacation. I I don't vacation. get vacations. I don't you know I don't do vacations. So it was. Uh, anytime you come back from traveling is a little bit of energy surge. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> like, calm description. Of people. <laughs> <laughs> like so, got back from vacation. Yeah. Beast I don't mode. have beast mode in me right now. I'm hungry and okay. tired because I just got back from the gym. Uh, uh, I got a new product out that I, I wasn't working on initially. Like a, this wasn't on my radar last time we recorded the show. This was like usually it's you know my backlog of ideas. But this one was pitched by uh, by someone um, who had a need for something like this. And they just sort of like showed me the way and what was needed in the in, in the market. And so – and it seems to be timely. It's the whole, you know, let's talk about GDPR at the start of the show. Um, it's called Consent Monitor, and it's at consentmonitor.com, and it's it's uh, an uh, SDK for iOS and Android developers to help them, uh, you know, collect uh, consent and manage consent from their users for, uh, you know, GDPR compliance. Um, so I think you should just explain what GDPR what is. No, nope. <laughs> for the love of God, GDPR is fully. But what is the consent? Like, why do they need consent? So consent GDPR is a beast and a rabbit hole that nobody wants to go then down into. Uh, and consent is is a part of that. Like a part of that is that you need. Like even it has nothing to do with mobile specifically. Uh, the you know you need to put check boxes next to your sign up forms on the web now. You, anytime you collect anything, you need consent now. But it's super specific forms of consent. It has to be like you can't just stick things into your terms of service and say you abide by this or else uh, don't bother using this thing. It's now like. If you have an ad in your app, your ad is being uh, driven by you know Google or somebody, and you know, Google is personalizing those uh, those they're targeting your users with those ads off of some identifier. That identifier is personal property. So now you need permission from the user whenever you serve ads in your app, and uh, you need to specifically ask, tell them what is being collected and what it's being used for. And it's like that for every piece of data. Now you can't just say. We're collecting this and this and this, and that's it. And you sign off on this by using the app. Now you basically have to pop up a very like specifically worded, specifically formatted consent forms with like explicit checkboxes that remain unchecked by default for every little piece of data you collect. Uh, describe what exactly that piece of data is being used for. Uh, describe who it's being used for. If you have third parties using it, there's a whole bunch of rules that are in this GDPR regulation about how you're you're supposed to handle and ask for data, and if you don't, you pretty much get fined like four percent of your annual revenue, which is insane. Um, yeah, it's a scale, but yeah, it's, yeah, uh, the max is that. Yeah. I think it's two percent at a at a like if you're not. Yeah, such I think a they have flexibility. Big, it's not. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, another thing, GDPR is not clear at all. Like even the way that whole part's worded is actually very shaky. But whatever. Yes, it's a big fine. The point is, you could potentially you, you'll get fined. Fine. Yeah. Right. So nobody knows what they're doing in this. Basically, everybody, yeah. including the lawyers, are running around with you know with like chickens with their heads cut off because nobody because this sort of thing doesn't get settled until litigation settles it. It's, it's right. the sort of thing that happens. So everybody who's abiding by this, which is everybody's trying to abide by this, is basically trying to do what they think is the right is the best approach the right thing to do and then hoping that that's enough so but mobile developers are having a tough time because now google and everybody who's serving ads and everybody is 
using these user identifiers in mobile apps because everything is there's no email address there's no accounts when anybody downloads a mobile app your user is identified by this user id that's provided by apple or, or google or whatever behind the scenes this user id is personal identify it doesn't have to be personal information it has to be personally identifiable information that user is personally identifiable through that token through that user id so he needs to she needs to consent to that and everybody who's sending out push notifications, everybody who's sending out ads in their apps, everybody who's not worried at all about any of this and not collecting any other data at all, but just wants to monetize their apps by putting an app, uh, an ad into their app, they're collecting data and they don't know about it. And they're going to get killed by this thing if somebody decides to, you know, like lock down on, on litigation with this stuff and start enforcing it. Um, so, so. Google is not doing anything about it. The ad networks are not doing anything about it because they got caught off guard. Like everybody got caught off guard because there's been like no like warning about this. So like, I mean, there's been warning about this, but no like serious, like here's how hold you do on, to prepare. Hold on. hold on, hold on. Yeah. Some of the very, very passionate people on Twitter <laughs> have strongly disagreed <laughs> with that concept, Butov. They've been, been a telling warning? me... No, they've been telling me that Google and everybody was well aware of this many years ago. Everybody knew what was going on. Every business in the world knew about this. So I just want to correct you. Okay. The EU has done a very good job of letting every business on earth who is impacted by this, that they are all aware of the ramifications and they have the proper resources, documentation, examples, and clarifications to properly implement it. So here's okay, what I here's, here's what I got from reading. I read a lot of Google documentation and Apple documentation, <laughs> and I've never seen stuff written like this where they're basically saying, "Look, I'll send you the paragraph that basically says this verbatim. Look, we'll have something sometime in mid-May for you, <laughs> but until then, you're on your own. Get consent because <laughs> we're not here to get consent for you. You need consent. Go get it." There's no outline how to get consent. The GDPR regulation doesn't really state how to get consent. Google doesn't say how to get consent. They're, everybody's covering, trying to get in time to cover their own ass, right. including Google, who's trying to put down a system in place where they could serve ads without getting this identifier from you, which is impossible because they built an entire company <laughs> on, on making billions of dollars, having identifiable information so they can sell these ads to companies that are buying ads with identifiable targeted information. Yeah. So now they have to they have to be able to build an entire framework for how somehow delivering ads and selling ads that don't rely on identifiable information. They're not worried about you having tools in place to take advantage of that. So the best they could do is put out a paragraph that says, you're on your own, get consent. We're not responsible. The end. Right. <laughs> so that so every mobile developer out there who's like I'm not running a server. I don't know anything about this. This just crossed my radar because it's all over Twitter. I don't know anything about this. But all of a sudden, everybody who's like giving me ads is is, is telling me the ball's in my court and I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, that's another another important piece of the thing I think you're building here is that uh, you have to be able to prove that you received consent. Yes. So you have to actually store this you have on to the server and be able to bring it up and blah, blah, blah. You have to store exactly what you showed the user, you have to sh store exactly how the user consented to it, when they consented to it, and you have to give them the ability to request deletion of all of this, which is like a big part of GDPR. It's like a, a, a right to erasure, which means they have to be able to contact you and say, I don't want my data 
on your servers. I don't want my data on the servers that of any third parties you're working with. Delete me from your you know knowledge. Right. And uh, so that part is is also something that's that consent monitor is that I'm building to implement that that's going to take care of that. So. It, it's not a tool that will take care of all of GDPR because that's like there's insanity there. There's like yeah, you do offices that. you have to put in place, documentation they have to keep. There's like it's just the part about consent. It's a part about giving you the tools so that you have your ass covered for when your app is in, invariably is going to collect this stuff whether you know it or not because you're going to send out push notifications based on some identifying token. You're going to serve ads based on some identifying token. So at least if you have this tool, consent monitor, SDK, you drop it in place. You'll, you'll configure it to say, I serve ads or I collect this information for this purpose or whatever, making it super easy for you to specify what you're collecting for what purpose, and it'll do what the correct thing is to do with getting permission from your mobile users. And it'll store it for you so you have a record in place so that if anybody comes after you and say, did this user give you consent, you could always go to uh, you know your account consent monitor and say, this user gave me consent on this date and time. This is what I showed him. This is what he said yes to. So you have proof in case you know anything is after you. So, right. so that's consentmonitor.com. So that's what I'm working on now. And I won't make it because it's like the three days away. But the landing page is there, and I'm working on it. You know, as as fast as I can to put something in place for iOS and Android developers. And I love this idea because it's going to save thousands of dollars of time for anybody who needs to do this, which is everybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it just is who wants to build out all that crap. Um, and, and the other thing is, I think the other main major point to me, it's like, who wants to build out all that stuff now? And then when they change the rules and people get sued and the rules change from the courts and all that stuff, like nobody's going to be paying attention to that. So, uh, that, you know, your product will just be though, you know, you're paying attention to it so that you can adjust people's forms and everything. And. Right. Uh, the SDK and all that and make sure you're collecting whatever new crap they want you to collect or if you don't need to collect as much anymore or whatever uh, you'll be able to make those adjustments for everybody without them having to think about it uh, yeah the biggest part of it wasn't even the tech like the, this, this is on those projects where like I spent like 90% of my time just like digging through government regulation documents to figure out the proper way of yeah. doing this like nobody wants to do this this is not the sort of thing the developers like doing so Hopefully, like it'll it. get some traction. That's my new thing. I, I think so. I mean, uh, I think everybody's in a good phase right now to be aware that they don't know what the hell they're doing with it. And uh, it's going to be a huge pain to implement if your mobile app isn't currently talking to a server. And um, you're going to stand all that stuff up just to collect these consents, which is sort of wacky. And uh, so paying Butov a few bucks to manage that seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> um, I like it I like it a lot right. now you gotta rush though that's the thing it's like if you had thought about this two months ago you'd be golden right now but I wasn't on my radar two months ago I know I know it was on nobody's radar <laughs> except for every other company on earth except for you and me we were the only ones in the dark but now we know yeah alright good so you're gonna give us updates then I want updates that's what I've been on yeah I'll give you updates I'm tired I'm gonna go I'm tired I'm <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it here then. Uh, Take a nap.